Aha, we're live. Hello, dear starshines. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to today's lunchtime chats. Woohoo! <laughs> I've missed you guys over the past two weeks. Hi. For those of you who are new, my name is Christina and I'm an acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant to us starseeds, way showers, and new paradigm visionaries. This is because we have very uh, unique capacities and abilities that are not necessarily embraced by our large human family. And we, so we have a different perspective. We have a completely different take on what we see happening in the world today. So I'm here to give to the best of my ability a liberated perspective to these topics, issues, and challenges. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, and I might be having some problems in the comments here. Usually uh, I'm seeing them, but right now I'm not seeing any. So I'm just going to have to <laughs> guess, trust that you guys are out there. And uh, dear sister Beverly, if you are here, go ahead and text me and let me know. And uh, if there's things that come up on the chats, um, if you can screenshot them or pass them along to me, that would be very, very helpful. Okay, so there's very special things going on today. Oh, good, Beverly, I can see your comment. Awesome. Um, this is a monumental uh, opportunity for humanity right now. Not only are we looking at a equinox combined with a new moon, combined with a Pluto transition. Now, you guys know that I don't, I'm not an astrologer and I don't usually talk real heavily about astrology, but what I want to do is uh, make note of these particular um, events. And so you guys can feel into it as far as these other pieces that I want to introduce to you, these feelings, these ideas, and perhaps when you realize where you are in relationship to them, it will help you plant potent seeds for change, potent seeds for change in your personal life, but also potent seeds for change in your, in the collective. Okay. Because everything that we do, whether we realize it or not, whether we feel powerful or powerless, everything that we do has a ripple effect through our community. I had a wonderful lesson on this last week when I had a group of women share with me that even though I didn't talk very often, that my presence was very powerful and impactful to them. It's like they were having an engagement with me without words. And I, uh, and that really moved me because I realized that, you know, this is how really how we all are. So even if we're, you know, out of our bodies scattered and in our trauma state, we are impacting and the group that we're with. We're impacting those people that we're sharing the space with, sharing our house with, sharing our lineage with. Okay. And same as so when we are centered and calm and relaxed inside of ourselves, that has an impact with the group of people that we're with, within the household that we're in within the lineage that we're in. So our very state of being has a very significant impact, whether we realize it or not. And these um, opportunities, celestial opportunities that are happening right now 
are really profound moments where we can plant seeds to impact, to create massive change, massive change. So I'm going to talk about that in the context of standing up for your truth and its significance. And I'm also going to uh, talk more about trauma, why traumas that we feel like maybe we've gotten past or healed, why do they still elicit oftentimes a response? So what I did was um, I posted a video. Let me see if I still have it in my paste. I don't. So I posted a video that was posted in one of our groups. I believe it was our dear sister Starshine, uh, Christina in our rise of the multi-dimensional human group here let me just pull that up real quick so you guys can um catch catch up and see it if you haven't already maybe you do you have seen it you just um um need a little re uh, visual reminder there's a woman sharing a story about her being coming to science class in high school and that teacher who was a trusted teacher facilitated a very different experience than what she was used to. And she made a point to say that she really cared back then about her grades and following the rules and having approval. I think many of us, some of us can relate to that. Um, I can't relate to that because I kind of was anti-establishment from the moment I came out of the womb. <laughs> But <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the video that I posted. I posted this um, with a comment in the Rise group. And I also posted this in our Telegram group called Multidimensional Human, if you guys are on that. Because it was a really important lesson. And there are times that we feel very powerless, right? Especially when we're in a collective of sleeping people or we feel who are sleeping some of us in the past have referred to the the larger collective as the muggles right and there's a sentiment in there and 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 it's not that the sentiment is wrong or right it's just that there's a charge a, a charge of feeling of um them being outsiders or them being less than in some way so there's no denial that there is a feeling we have when we're in a collective of people who can't meet us and where we're at, right? They can't see us. They can't see the truth when it's in front of them. They don't really, they misunderstand us a lot. You guys can relate with me. Um, there are, um, There are adverse reactions oftentimes because we're misunderstood. So then we just kind of shut off. We shut, we dim, we dim ourselves or we cloak ourselves. You know, we have these, these mechanisms of survival that we've adapted to, to relate to the community at large. And this particular video I thought was really profound because the lesson that was being taught was a one that can be known strongly, but told not, not so much. You can't tell this lesson to somebody because in their head, it would stay very surface and it would stay in the rationalization level of the person. But as soon as you give them the, the experience of it, it hits home 
and it hits home hard. And the lesson was she goes into a classroom where everything that normally happens in the classroom was completely out the window and and the classroom was set up differently. And the teacher who was normally a, um, a kind and good teacher that in her perspective was very harsh and demanding and told everybody to sit down and shut up. And, uh, and he told them if anybody speaks, if anybody moves, if anybody does anything, they're going to automatically fail the class. So right there, the leverage is, is that if you disobey me, I am going to ruin your world. Okay. To somebody who cares about their grades, that's a big, big deal because you care about your grades more than that, more because you want to do well in school. You care about your grades because it helps your life at home be much easier. You feel love from your parents. You get approval socially. You get a, you know, you get, there's all these other things that are coming with a person having desire for good grades. Okay. <clears throat> so he goes on to uh, put a goldfish in the center of the circle and he takes out the goldfish and he leaves it on the desktop. And of course, everybody's shocked by this. They don't, they don't want to see this fish die. And it's, you know, they're all, they're young, they're sensitive. They're still in their indoctrination of shutting things down. So they're still very sensitive and this is an impactful event for them. And then he leaves the room. And then they all sit and watch this, this fish gasp for air, not wanting to disobey, but at the same time, watching, having their heart, feeling their heart get wrenched, feeling the suffering, right, of having to watch this, this trauma, this pain, this, this, um, we can't even say torture, because it is, you know, suffocating something slowly happen right in front of us. And finally, one of the girls steps up and says, fuck this. And she puts the fish back in the bowl. The teacher comes back in and says something to the effect of, look what the world has done to you. Look what the world has done to you. Look, really, what you are willing to do for approval. You're willing to betray yourself for approval. He didn't, now this is not what he's saying anymore. This is me adding this in, right? We feel helpless in our collective because our collective is traumatized and they have slowly let themselves die moment after moment for the sake of approval for the sake of being loved, for the sake of being feel for feeling safe, you know, our collective has done that. And this is why we feel so helpless when we're in a collective like that. And it's not because they're awful people. It's because they're traumatized. They're damaged. They're not fully alive. They've become numb, shut down, okay? And for those of us who would not tolerate this, and I'm one of them, I was a very uh, 
anti, <laughs> very rebellious when I was young. Let's put it that way. If you told me I couldn't do something, I was designing 10 ways to get it done before, before the end of school. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was, I was really devious. And I succeeded a lot. And I definitely bucked the system and kind of taught the system on how to deal with troublemakers like me. But back then I thought that that was, you know, there was something wrong with me, but now I realize it's just that that's how much I'm willing to fight for my truth, for, for my soul, for my heart. That's how much I was willing to fight for it to be true, you know? So this does come in context with this, with the celestial events that I'm talking about. Okay. Now we fast forward into the season of the La Cucaracha and the Jibbity Jab dance, right? We have a collective of people that have been traumatized, have been terrorized, have been losing themselves to pain, trauma, terror. And it was all to get them to come into submission. Okay. And of course, there's those of us who will not submit. You guys are with me. Let me know that you understand what I'm saying here. Okay. I have to be careful what I say because, you know, the, the, um, you know, the deleters and censor mongers are out and I've already had a couple of videos pulled. So <clears throat> this coming celestial alignment, we have an opportunity to plant a very powerful seed. And that is the seed that is true inside of ourselves that can help give our collective courage, strength, encouragement to speak their truth, to stand in their truth. Because if we all do that, even if only half of us do that, right? If only half of us do that, or even whatever percentage does that. We are liberating others to speak their truth as well. We are allowing, we're, we're let, getting that pressure off so people can, can stand in their truth. And if we're all standing in our truth, we cannot be bombarded. We cannot be controlled with these, with these systems that are imposing themselves. Okay. Now the last time Pluto was an Aquarius, it was a tumultuous time. It was a tumultuous time here on this planet. It was the time of the American Revolution. This is when we um, fought for our independence from, the, from Great Britain. This is also the time of the French Revolution, okay? This is also the time when Uranus, the current ruler of Aquarius, was discovered Okay, so it gives this, it gives this, um, this is the first time that Pluto goes into Aquarius with us having Uranus energy in our awareness on a deep subconscious level, but also, but also um, um, on a conscious level. Yes, it was back in the 1700s. That was the last time. I think it was 1740 something um, was the last time that Pluto was in Aquarius. The, the other thing is, is that there were terrible things that happened during this time. Okay. Terrible, terrible things. 
For example, the reign of terror was unleashed in France, where anybody who was against woo, <laughs> anybody who was against the um, the revolution, okay, was decapitated by the guillotine. Okay. And that was considered the reign of terror because whether if you were a noble person, you're automatically an enemy. If you were of the church, you were automatically an enemy. And you know who else was automatically an enemy? People who had a lot of things. They called them hoarders. We might call them um, preppers. We might call them preppers in today's understanding. Okay. The people who have stockpiles of supplies, stockpiles of energy, um, energy supplies, food supplies, seed supplies, money, anybody who has wealth and abundance. So all of them were considered enemies of the revolution and were publicly de decapitated with the guillotine. Some of them in prison, some of them tortured. It was also the rise of the teachings of Marquis de Sade. For those of you who know who Marquis de Sade is, please put it in the comments if you know who this one is. Marquis de Sade was a brilliant revolutionary. He was a nobleman, but he was a revolutionary nobleman. But you know what he's really well known for? I'm going to give pause for a second. Guys, you know what he's really known for, Marquis de Sade? crossing the boundaries between pain and pleasure, confusing the senses, the nervous system, turning pain into pleasure and pleasure into pain. We might call this um, sadomasochism, um, bondage, okay? He was very into torture, but torture for the sake of pleasure. I'm curious if anybody has anybody uh, have any knowledge of his past exploits. It's very well known, and actually Johnny Depp did a did a um, a movie with him um, explaining his story, which was extremely uh, dark. Anyway. So this time of Pluto coming into Aquarius, especially now, this is the first time that Uranus is now in the collective awareness as, as a planet, but then also those, those subcurrents of the energy that planet holds. This is a very, this is more powerful than what it was before. This transition is way more powerful than it was before. And it's also compounded in its impact because of the new moon, and equinox alignment okay so when you have moon phases and you have alignments like this these alignments are windows it's not just one day it's a window of opportunity so there's an entire week window open here for us to plant our seeds so technically you might say oh the equinox was on the 21st and and the new moon was you know a couple days before that and or was it the day after that and then this one is today so it doesn't matter this is all happening within the same window which means you have these seeds that you plant are going to be impacting on not just the solar cycle but also the lunar cycles and also the plutonian cycles okay and the plutonian cycle is going for uh, 20, what, 20 until 2043. 
okay so it's going it's going to be for a couple decades this lunar cycle is also going to be for the entire lunar cycle for the year because what happens is that after this this new moon we have nodal points that get hit by by mars that actuate this energy again that activates this energy and then of course you have the equinox which is the solar cycle so you have you have the fire, the sun, the star, you have the reflective, the waters, the moon, okay? And then you have the underworlds. So you have three layers of our reality in perfect alignment to receive the seeds that we plant, okay? So this is very significant. And this is why I'm talking about this piece about the truth. Because we just ended a cycle where people were not standing in their truth and it resulted in, in a catastrophe, okay? It resulted in a catastrophe. And I'm talking about the La Cucaracha, the Jibbity Jabs, the Super Sads, if you know what I mean, okay? And then we also t have this whole, you know, many people losing their livelihoods, many people, families are fractured, communities are fractured. Okay. There's there. I was just in a community of people who really, really, really have a desire to be in solidarity, but there was a, there was a pink elephant in the room that separated some people from others. Okay. Not, and it took a lot of strength to be willing to say something about it. Okay. Because no one really wanted to say something about it. I had to say something about it, but I did this in a way where I prepared the leadership to let them know that if they weren't going to address it, I was. So I didn't just like come in with a, you know, with a wily e. coyote into the mix. I, I let leadership know, say, hey, listen, this is a problem. I really would like this addressed. And uh, so I waited a couple of days for it to get addressed. It didn't. And so I addressed it when the time was important to do so. So <clears throat> the seeds, these seeds are essential. We, it's a part of us stepping into our way showership, but it's also part of us stepping into our duty to dream this world into being. We don't plant seeds according to our ego driver. We plant seeds from our heart, our spirit. What is our spirit calling for? And the reason why we do this from our spirit, it's because our ego driver is conditioned over many generations with trauma-based mind control, trauma-based mind control. I'm talking way beyond Mockingbird, okay? Mockingbird was just the official announcement, uh, admission of our government doing mind control experiments. But this has been going on for thousands of years, folks. Terror is a form of trauma. Vlad the Conqueror is a great example. He's infamous for the level of terror that he can inflict on a population. He traumatized populations to such a degree where just the sound of his name or just the the idea that he was coming to some place would immediately freeze people into compliance. So this has been going on for a long time and it's been inherited. Now is the time for us to start planting seeds to grow through that. So we can, if you think about trauma being something bored in, if you think about trauma as energy that gets bored into the body and it stays there until it gets released, 
Think of it as maybe concrete being poured into the empty spaces of your body. And these seeds that we plant are dandelions that have the power to crack through this concrete. Okay. You guys have seen this. The slightest little tiny crack in some asphalt or concrete plants will pop right up. Because really the plant kingdom, mother nature is unstoppable. We can destroy ecosystems, but a new ecosystem will come back. Pachamama, Mother Nature, is unstoppable force. So we plant these seeds in alignment with that. These seeds are fertilized and grown with unstoppable force. Okay. Okay. Let me say hi to a couple folks here. Uh, behind my eyes and storylines. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Hey, Carol. Good to see you. Beverly, good to see you. Uh, you know, I haven't been here for a couple weeks, so I, I, I'm sure we lost some of our momentum. Um, I got some messages from a few of you uh, expressing how much uh, you missed our conversations. <clears throat> so I want to pause for a moment, say hi, and invite you guys into this conversation. Where do you see this for yourself? What kind of seeds are coming to you that you'd be interested in planting as a way shower, as a visionary? What kinds of seeds come to you when I when you hear me speak in this way about, about the state of things that we're in and this opportunity that's upon us? Now, we may look up astrologically, oh, this means this and that means that. Yeah, that can be useful. That can be inspiring for sure. We have our dear sister, Ray Ellen, who, who shares her per perspective on the equinox and what's going on. And the, you know, really deep truth about her walk and in, in what it is to transition belief systems, transition structures, stuff like this. But there's also our innate knowing, our intuition, what our, what our innate knowing is telling us. It does not need to match word for word what other people have said about these frequencies. Yeah, let that sink in. It doesn't need to match what other people have said, because all that is antiquated. This is what other people see. This is what other people feel, which is all valid. They're, and thank goodness that they're sharing what, they're, what they feel and what they sense and what they see with these energies. It's all very helpful. But that is not a dictation to you that this is how it should be. It's more effective for it to be an inspiration to you to see what comes from within you in relationship to these energies. Something that, um, for those of you who follow Barbara Hancloud back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, <laughs> early 2000s, <laughs> her work is prolific. Um, she used to have these meetings and, and uh, these in-person meetings on a regular basis. And she was really brilliant. One of the things, she was an astrologer, but she didn't give a lot of definition to things. She really wanted experiential, people to have experiences, to be able to be present in such a way where they can have an experience for themselves to digest and process. So what she would do is that when we were uh, contemplating or tuning into celestial influences, she would have, it, have us ask us to manifest it in our hand, manifest it in our hand. So in one hand, in this particular example, in one hand, and this is my left hand, 
I'm going to just call forward the energies of Pluto. So what I do is I think about Pluto. I imagine what Pluto might look like. And I start imagining that image, that feeling, those energies manifesting in my hand. Okay. Now, as I do that, I'm starting to feel a vibration in my hand. My hand's starting to feel some weight on it. And I just keep intending the energies of Pluto collecting in my hand. Okay. Okay. Now, there's data sets happening in my body as well as I feel this Pluto. And then my other hand, I'm going to pull forward the frequencies of the new moon. So I imagine the new moon, the new moon coming forward into my hand. Okay. Now the sensations in this hand are very different than the Pluto sensations, right? You guys do this with me. Mm -hmm. And now there's all kinds of stirrings going on in my torso, stirrings happening in my spine. I'm just noticing. I'm not stopping anything by trying to understand it right now. I'm just noticing what my body is doing. Okay. As I hold these energies. And now I go to Pluto and I now imagine Pluto on the stage, like a stage, like a theatrical stage of Aquarius. Right. My body starts doing something else. Now I'm getting completely different data sets. I'm imagining what Pluto would look like on a theatrical stage of Aquarian energy. Okay. And you know what I feel in my heart? I feel the willingness to stand up for my truth. I feel a willingness to be courageous to really stand up for humanity and for spiritual causes. Okay. It's like an inspiration, a, umph, a, a almost like a warrior like feeling to champion these things. Okay. And I also feel this desire to connect with others that, that want the same, that share this feeling. I'm going to keep letting Pluto go through this theatrical stage of Aquarius. Okay. I'm, I'm also starting to feel like some things go into my throat, um, move through my throat in the high heart. And I'm feeling, this is going to be interesting connection here, feeling a gratitude, a gratefulness for our technology. I can come to you now in the comfort of my, my RV. I can connect with you all with very little effort. You all can connect with me with very little effort. And many of you do send me messages, you personal message me or comment on our telegram group or comment here, comment there. Some of you contact me Instagram. So this is such a convenience. Imagine if we didn't have this. 
I wouldn't know you were out there. You wouldn't know that I was out there. We would be more isolated. So I'm feeling grateful for the technology connecting us. Continuing feeling the idea, the feeling of Pluto going through the stage of Aquarius. Okay, so now there is a fear starting to come up. And that is a metaphor for me as there's the zombies, the people who are numbed and shut down, who can be programmed and have don't have sovereignty, what impact they can have within our collective, the intimidation they can exert, are exerting and will exert. Okay, you guys are being really quiet. This is making sense what I'm saying, yeah? Go ahead and let me know. Let me know what's happening for you as you do this. Because what's going to happen is when you place your curiosity on what seed is in your spirit to plant, an idea is going to come to you. It's not this telling this. It's all these feelings, tuning into these feelings, these sensations, and then an idea comes. Or maybe you'll just have the sense of this golden seed and you'll feel a, a sense of gratitude for this seed existing as potential solution. Okay. The mind is completely out of it. I know it makes our ego driver frustrated, but our mind is completely out of it in its most, when this is in its most potent form. Then how do you plant this seed once it comes to you? Feel your yes for it. Feel your yes for it. And from here on out, sing to the seeds. Every time you take a shower, imagine the waters feeding these seeds. Every time you're out in nature, imagine nature nurturing these seeds. You see? This is how you participate in dreaming the world into being. <clears throat> okay? This is how you participate as a sovereign creator being. Welcome, Tracy. Good to see you, sweetie. Okay. The mind has no clue, and it doesn't need to be involved. The mind does not need to be involved. The mind minimizes. The mind says, yeah, that's nice. Moving on. You know, just because we don't recognize the potency just because we don't initially recognize that something is being significant. And this happens on a spiritual path too, right? We just throw it in our backpack and we just keep going and we just keep going and going and going. And we keep asking our questions and we keep asking for answers and believe it or not, we're given the answer every single time, but we don't see the significance and the meaning. We don't see the importance. We don't give the answer, the symbol, whatever it is, time to reveal to us its profundity. <laughs> We just stick in the, we're like, oh yeah, that's nice. Stick in the backpack. Or we say, oh yeah, I've seen this before. Stick it in the backpack and keep going. No, 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 no. 
We need to slow down, slow down and recognize that it's in these still spaces and only in these still spaces can one's significance become clear. Can the message that you've been given, can it become clear? I was contemplating something a couple days ago. I was hemming and hawing, should I, should I not? And then I had this thought of, oh, how it can really serve me. And as soon as I had that thought, a hummingbird comes by, buzzes and buzz on. Now, in my busy mind, I could be like, oh, the hummingbirds. Oh, I wonder if my neighbor is feeding them and la, 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 la. No, 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 no. Because the hummingbird came in at exactly the time I had the thought, I sat with that and more information came. Okay. Even or especially those silent or even quiet whispers, those are very often very potent things, very potent messages being spoken to us. The reason why they're quiet is because the noise of our ego driver, the noise of our nervous system is louder than the, the whisper. But the more we work at sensitizing ourselves, which is one of the reasons why I, I have not been in favor of plant medicines for so long, uh, especially like hallucinatory plant medicines for so long, because I feel like it, 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 re, it develops the habit of messages needing to be loud Okay, but I'm appreciating there's another angle there. There's another angle that's available. But anyway, going back to the more we cultivate our sensitivity, the more we cultivate our softness, the more that whisper turns into a voice that's more obvious. So <clears throat> here's the thing. We need to cultivate courageousness because we are in a lineage where trauma-based mind control has been a default and has been going on for thousands of years. Now, they've done lots of studies that show that even in mice and rats and stuff like this, that you try, you make a sound and inflict a trauma on a mouse. When, when that mouse has offspring, you make that sound, their offspring have that traumatic, have that trauma response to that sound. Even though they didn't experience the trauma themselves, their dad did. Okay? So just imagine all of your family, all of your your mom, your dad, your grandparents. Imagine all of the trauma that they have endured. Right? That you also that you have inherited. This is why when Dear Sister Starshine in that video was sharing her story about this event, she couldn't share it authentically without tears because it hit on a very deep trauma that's much older, much, much older than that event itself. And a dear sister Starshine commented, and this was in the other comments, is that, yeah, it was a great lesson, but she feels like she would have been traumatized by that. Okay. And that has that connotation of a bad thing, like something she couldn't recover from, okay? But that's not true. What it is, is that when we have events and we unravel them, 
we think that because we unraveled them from our life, our, you know, the immediate event that happened in our life, that it's done. But we need to realize that this trauma has been inflicted, planted generations ago, many, 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 many lifetimes ago. So it's not just the ancestral connection, it's the Akashic connection. So trauma, when you're and when you're unwinding it, if you have an awareness to, to look at it in a much bigger picture, you can actually ride the emotions connected into that trauma through the Akashic fields, through the ancestral realms. And by you having it, remembering it, feeling it, and letting it pass through you, you can clear it from not just your Akasha, but from your ancestors as well. Okay? So, yes, it's unpleasant. It sucks. But when we show up courageously, you know, with strong heart, courageously show up, not just for ourselves, we're showing up for others. We understand that interconnectedness piece then we are doing a huge service for the entire collective we belong to. This is another reason why these seeds that we plant right now are so powerful. They have the potential to have profound ripple effects through our collective. If we let them, if we let them, it's just a matter of creating the space and time in our lives in the next couple days to sit and feel and sense what are the seeds my spirit can plant right now okay so I did the example of what it looks like for what it looks like for the um, uh, <laughs> for Pluto to go through Aquarius and then I had the new moon in my hand. You can do the same thing for the new moon. The new moon in Aries. The new moon in Aries. So you can feel the moon. Yes, it's watery. It's reflective. It's cool. And Aries is fiery. So so some might think that's conflict, conflicting energy. And you have a, if you have a tendency to hold on to conflict or perceive things as conflict, then that would be something to work through. But there's many of us that see and understand that opposites have another expression. Opposites can also be complementary opposites. They can be synergistic. In this case, fire and water, when they come together in its synergistic form, creates steam, which is a profound spiritual force in Taoism, in Taoist teachings, okay? So this is important for not just you, but your family, your household, your community, for you to take the time to plant these seeds. And then once you plant them, you nurture the soil that it's planted in. You nurture it with your songs. You nurture it with your prayers, if that's your practice. You nurture it with your attention. You nurture it by connecting the rays of the sun with the seeds, with the water that hits your body with the seeds. And you constantly bring this back into your awareness before you know it, that seed is going to grow like dandelions busting through concrete. Releasing 
generations upon generations of trauma from your system, releasing the inhibitions we have to speaking our truth. Okay. Now I'm saying this for myself because these are my seeds. Okay. If these seeds resonate for you, then of course, you know, run with it. If your spirit is in line with it, it's not if, it's when it's going to, it sprouts. Okay. It's not if, it's when, when it's in alignment with your spirit. And this is, <clears throat> this other point here is why I like to manifest through dream time. Because dream time is the language of your spirit. Now, there are people who figured out how to bring ego driver intent into dream time. And those are the dreams that stay within the canopy of who you think you are. And yeah, you know, you can bring things forward that way. It's possible. It's people do it. But what kind of reality are you creating? You're creating a reality that satisfies your ego driver. When you are creating from your spirit, you are creating a reality that benefits everybody. Everybody in your collective. Okay. So this is an important distinction. This is why how we work with dreams is completely different with how other people work with dreams because we can care less about the interpretation and understanding your subconscious, even though that's, that's part of it a little bit. But what's most important is we find those rabbit holes within the dream so we can download seeds directly from our spirit every single time we go to sleep. Every single time we go to sleep, we are saying yes to downloading seeds of change, of growth, of strength, of courageousness, okay, directly from our spirit. And then we process what we need to process in order for that seed to make it into fertile soil. So doing this work at this time when these celestial events are happening is extra, actually, what's a better word than extra, exponentially more potent. Okay. You guys let me know your thoughts about this. You guys are being really quiet today. Are we multitasking? Is that what's happening? <laughs> oh, and dear sister Joanne is not here. Uh, oh yeah. So most of our commenters actually aren't here today. I did. I missed you guys. I realized, you know, I was, I was looking back the last time I missed a lunchtime chat was in 2019. So we've had a four-year run of not missing a single Thursday of chats <laughs> up until this month where we went two weeks without, without connecting together. So we'll see. We'll see how things go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Tracy, for getting back. Yeah, so you guys are multitasking, I understand. And because it, it takes an effort to get things typed out, I, I get you. Um, hopefully this is making sense though, what I'm saying and, and, and inspiring you guys to recognize, you know, your power here. We, cause you know, when we, we get faced with these narratives that are happening in our collective, you know, we have potential world war, world war three, we have potential financial collapse, food collapse, 
I mean, you name it, it's, it's collapsing, <laughs> right? I mean, there's the educational system collapsing, there's the medical system collapsing, all those Saturn structures that we talked about, all those dark lords of Saturn, they're losing those structures that they held for so long, right? So yeah, things are collapsing everywhere. But um, they're not collapsing in order for us to suffer. They're collapsing, giving us the opportunity to grow something new in its place. And where does it come from? Do you want it to come from the powers that be that have been dictating to us for all these thousands of years, our Anunnaki big brothers? Do we want them to be the ones who tell us how it's going to be? Do we want the the uh, you know the ruling class to tell us how it's going to be? Are we? Do you want to live their nightmare? You want to live them, their dreams, or what they think should happen? Because I guarantee you, what they think should happen means they keep they keep power. <laughs> not you. They do. I'm not down for that. I'm not down for that at all. So if you are not down for having it dictated to you, okay, this is how reality is going to go, then it's worth your time to do this. It's worth your time to really feel into your spirit so you can plant and nurture powerful seeds of change. This is the opportunity, guys. This is the opportunity. All right, dear sister Beverly says, I wonder if that's why ideas have been coming to mind loudly that I can't ignore. Yes, yes. Our spirits are screaming. Nature is screaming. You know, nature really wants us to wake up. The fey realm, the deodyne, the, the she the you know the uh, elemental worlds their existence is at stake as well as our existence it's you can't have one without the other their existence is, a, is at stake and they are reaching out to us they're reaching out to people all over the place this is why sasquatch is making such a huge effort to connect with humanity for the ones who are ready for that this is why the fairy realm are, are reaching out this is why so many of you are seeing dragons Okay, this is cosmic creational forces trying or intending to wake you up to your power, wake you up to where your true power lives inside of you. For so long, we've had our mundane world and our spiritual life separated. This is a disempowerment program. How many of you have said, yeah, well, that's, you know, in the real world, like say you're in, you're in an event, you're in a position where you're with other people on the same page. Everything is, everything is harmonic. You guys are doing great magical work. So now it's time to leave. And what, what's our thought? Oh, now we get to go back into the real world. Okay. Why is that the real world guys? Why? Because we have been trained and conditioned that these two worlds have to be separate. Okay. These, we're trained and conditioned that these two worlds have to be separate. But imagine what your world would be if they were one. What kind of choices would you be making? Now, I'm not saying it's going to be hunky-dory because it's terrifying to speak your truth in a group where you're not sure how it's going to go down. Okay. But what I have found out nine times out of ten, when I... I'm in a group and I have this pushing. Now, granted, I don't, I don't talk a lot. <laughs> I mean, I talk a lot here because it's only me talking, right? But when I'm in a group, I'm not talking, 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 talking. I, I stay silent or 
maybe reserved is, is another way, right? But what happens is there are times when I'm like, I'm going to explode. It's like, I feel like my throat is going to explode if I don't say something. And in those times, and it's terrifying to say it, but in those times, nine times out of 10, there is a, a, a large amount of people in the room that are relieved that I said something. You know, they, it's like, I, I put my finger on something that everybody's thinking, but nobody's saying. So remember this when you're in this situation. Now do keep in mind if you're, if you have the tendency to talk a lot, blah, 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 blah. You're not really in your body at that point. So, you know, get your, collect yourself, bring yourself home to your rhythms, to your heartbeat, right? Collect yourself first and then check. Does this need said? Okay. <clears throat> it's very easy to be outside of your body when you're with a bunch of people who are outside of their body. Okay, we're empaths, we resonate with the collective. So that's an easy, that's an easy thing to do because we frequency match to make others comfortable. We frequency match to connect with others or have others feel like they've been connected with. So that's something that's very natural for an empath to do. But when you're when you're about to step forward in, in when you're about to step forward in an act of power, it's very, very important that you're home in your body when you do it. Because then the ripple effect is profound. The ripple effect is profound. Here's another observation I made during this week that I was um, in training. So there's a few people that I talked with. There was actually, there was a few people that I absolutely loved, loved, loved to talk with and connect with. And I felt like, um, yeah, so grateful that they're on this planet with me. Um, and when we were in group, I would, I'm, I'm pretty quiet, but when we're in our smaller circles or one-on-one, -on -one, then, you know, then there's a speaking that happens, but I don't talk just to talk, right? I, I talk when I have something to say or um, to acknowledge to somebody that I'm listening, you know, that that's really the main reasons why I would talk. I just don't shoot the breeze. And this is what happened. And you guys, this, I'm, ho I'm hoping this will, this story will help you guys too. Because when you don't waste your energy out your mouth, when you don't waste life force energy like that, and you stay in truth, and you stay in your body, you are still very powerful in your silence. And this is what happened. There were more than three times this, this happened. So I, I realized this was, this was a lesson for me. Some things were going on, conversations within the group, conversations within smaller groups. There were tensions happening. There were, there were um, people working things out as, as a spiritual group does, especially a spiritual group doing um, different kinds of plant medicines. Like we were, we were um, learning to be, to facilitate and work with plant spirits like Hape. Um, but we're also introduced to other plant spirits like uh, a sacred potato, um, um, Ginipapo, which I think is my favorite. That's, I don't know if you guys can see, that's what this stuff is. It's a, it's a way of painting yourself to connect with the spirit realm, but also connect with your tribe. So we were, we started off doing this. So it was connecting us on a deep level. So what happened was, is that I was watching and observing all these things going on and I had thoughts and feelings about things and I was getting clear inside of myself what was actually my truth within all that. And then I would speak it out loud to one person, 
I would speak it out loud to one person. Okay. And it wasn't always the same person, but what would happen is that that had a ripple effect that went through the entire group and became an issue of conversation and became uh, something that needed worked out. Okay. So what I'm saying about this is that if you guys, when you're in your body, when you're really in your rhythms and in your body and you are sharing a sacred truth, okay, and I'm going to say in secret, as in you're not announcing it to the whole group, you're just telling one person, it has an impact on the collective. It has a massive impact on the collective, okay? Now, you won't see it right away. The more the collective is in their body, the more, the bigger the ripple effect you'll see. The less the collective is in your body, the longer it'll take to give you that feedback loop, but it still impacts your collective. For some people who are not in their body, it'll impact them as feeling traumatized or feeling confronted. For those who are in their body, that ripple effect will hit them and they'll feel empowered to step forward and speak their truth, to step forward and be in their authenticity. Okay. So is anybody to blame about the ones experiencing as being confronted? No. And the reason why is because the reason why they're feeling it as being confronted is because they've been traumatized and they're not in their bodies. They're traumatized or in, in, in their suffering. Okay. And, and this jar, you know, getting jarred like this is their opportunity to wake up to something else. Okay. It's an opportunity if they want it. And here's how you can tell if they want it. When you're with somebody and you can speak to them and, and it's pretty easy to speak your truth to them. That's somebody who truly wants to hear the truth. That's somebody who wants to hear the truth and is willing to hold space for it. Even if it's painful, if it's scathing. Okay. Now scathing could get a little intense, but they want the truth. But if you're speaking with somebody and you feel completely gagged up and you can't say any truth to them, it's because they don't want to hear the truth. They want to be validated. They don't want the truth. They only want to hear what validates what they currently believe. Okay. So I'm giving you guys that piece so you can discern who to say what to and when. So you're not casting pearls before swine. Okay. So you check yourself. Are you in your body? Are you in your rhythms? Are you feeling home? You know, when you feel home, cause there's a smile. Oh my gosh, the hummingbird is just buzzing around my door. Now you, you know, when you're home, because it's like a warm and cozy feeling inside. And though you may feel intrepidous, you may feel a little fearful. It's not a overwhelming, gripping nervous system reaction. It's just there. And then you speak your truth and ease happens when you're speaking your truth to someone who actually wants to hear the truth. When you're okay. So that that's how you can tell. All right. Dear sister Luna radio. Well, Rio, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Luna Rio. Good to see you, dear. She says, I was just talking about this in therapy with one of my clients today where she feels dysregulated and anxious and always feels the need to fill the silence. I love the alignment. Isn't that perfect, darling? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So people who need to fill the silence, they are losing life force. they're like in the habit of losing, draining their life force energy out their mouth and they're not in their bodies. 
And they're doing that because there's, there's feelings inside they don't want to have. There's avoidance going on, you know. They really don't want to feel what's happening inside of themselves. Could be trauma. Most of the time it is. But also could be that they are terrified to know what their truth is because then they can't ignore it anymore. <laughs> That's the other thing. Once you know the truth, there's no going back. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like when you meet someone that busts you open. It's like, okay, now that's that. There's no pretending that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, you, you might want to, but you can't. Now you have to step forward in your truth and really be honest with yourself. And this is what we do for each other, guys. This is what we do for each other. You guys do this here for me. I do this for you. I'm sure you guys do this for other people in your lives that you connect authentically with, right? So, <clears throat> so that's the discussion for today, those seeds, what you can be doing to get to those authentic, powerful seeds inside of you, how to plant them, how to feed them, and let them grow how to let them grow there's great power in letting these seeds grow it has nothing to do with the collective it has nothing to do with the state of the world it has nothing to do with the outside anything it has to do completely with you and your inside game it's you and your inside that's what grows these seeds So there's no yeah, but there's no yeah, but it's yes, all the way. Yes. I hope this was helpful for you guys. All right. So I'll see you guys again next week. I'm back for the chat, so I won't be gone for a while. So I'll be keep, I'll be uh, uh, continuing this conversation. You guys, if you have more to say, definitely put them in the comments. Remember to like and subscribe these videos. That helps us get out. We don't do, we're completely organic. We don't do any paid advertising or, or, or algorithm stuff. We just, it's purely, you know, this is completely organic um, growth that you see here. So if you want someone to see this video, you'll need to share it with them or invite them into it. And by liking and subscribing, of course, you help other people discover us as well. So for those of you who've done that, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, also, I want to let you guys know that we have room in our Dreamtime Healing Project. This is where we, we do exactly what I'm talking about here. How to dream the world into being. How to work with your dreams in such a way where you are going through that rabbit hole and pulling forward those transmissions that are directly from your spirit. And uh, so you guys can learn more about that at uh, lightbodyacademy.com. And that is the Dreamtime Healing Project that I'm talking about. And a little part, a little side jaunt from the Dreamtime Healing Project is also the Lightbody 101, which is for empaths to help them learn how to manage their life force energy, how to contain their energy, how to come home, how to, you know, engage with the world without losing yourself to it. So that's another little side benefit to the Dreamtime Healing Project. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Polly. I appreciate you guys so much for being here. Until next time, guys. Mwah. Sweet dreams.